Welcome to the Industrial Talk Podcast with Scott McKenzie. Scott is a passionate industry professional dedicated to transferring cutting-edge, industry-focused innovations and trends while highlighting the men and women who keep the world moving. So put on your hard hat, grab your work boots, and let's go. All right, once again, thank you very much for joining Industrial Talk, and thank you very much for your continued support of a platform that celebrates industry professionals all around the world because you are bold, brave, you dare greatly, you are changing lives, and you are changing the world. We are broadcasting on-site right here, right now, Nashville, Tennessee, Gaylord Hotel. And if you've ever been to a hotel that's large, you haven't been to this one because this one's absolutely spectacular. And yes, you will get large, uh, lost. We are broadcasting on site, as said, and we are at Accruent Insights, which is a user conference for Accruent. And uh, it's a buzzy, buzzy happening out there. People wandering around and solving problems and, and talking and collaborating and educating. They're doing it all here at Accruent Insight. Now, this is always a treat. They have a, a grand total of about 350 years of reliability experience. That's Ramesh, and that is Klaus, and they are in the hot seat. Let's get cracking with the conversation. How you guys doing, man? Doing great. Glad to be here, Scott. Excellent. <laughs> so far, so far. So far. Till you start asking questions. Hey, by the way, yeah. greetings to Nashville, the music city, kind of my hometown. I live about 40 miles from here. Just FYI, it has some great um, speakeasy bars. It's like just these hidden away bars in Nashville. Uh, you're going to spend a lot of money for a drink, but it's, it's just the whole, oh, check me out. I'm going <laughs> through a little door, and it's a, it's a special secret yeah, place yeah. only I know. <laughs> no, this is great. You guys having a good conference? Yeah, it's great. Yes. And as I said, I'd start this out. And since I've known Ramesh for over 30 years, I said the first thing I'm going to say is we got a picture from over 30 years ago <laughs> that I have on a slide that says we were reliability before reliability was cool. Oh, cool. Yeah, now everybody's right. talking about it. <laughs> Do you really have that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, again, he was one of that time I was organizing International Maintenance Conference, and that was in Nashville. He was one of our speakers. That time he was doing a service at GM. And we ah, got invited. Right, right. That was the mid '90s, and that was in Nashville. And so we know yeah. each other from all. Yeah, all that's that's years. when SMRP was starting some of yeah. the time, and uh, and then I had the uh, um, global responsibility for a lot manufacturing liability maintenance for General Motors and so on. I was still in corporate world. Right? See, every time I uh, have these conversations with you guys, I, I recognize that you have seen really from the beginning to just where we are today, and and, and really begin to recognize the, the the amount of change that has happened which is just always fascinating to me i i just because you you've, you guys have forgotten more than you know most has ever learned so that's uh kudos to you some of it we want to forget yeah. Uh, yeah but but come on <laughs> i can imagine you you have that conversation well that didn't work out real well tried but but given the way technology is today things that were not possible back then are possible today. Oh, oh absolutely. I mean, I, I used uh, one example just to be funny. Uh, you know, computer systems have changed so much. And just in my lifetime, I started out in college with IBM punch cards, right? Just think about that. Oh, God. You know, an IBM wow. punch card where every line of code is typed in and it yeah. just punches out little holes. And you dare not drop the you know 500 lines of code because that's 500 cards and I don't even remember if they had line numbers on yeah, them. I don't know. <laughs> right, what do you say. do? And then you give it to the magic wizard, 
you know, you know like like in the Wizard of Oz, because you weren't allowed to touch the computer yet, because it was that scary, you know. So you would yeah. put it on a shelf, and the wizard would take it, and then you know, several hours later, your box would come back, and gee, one line of code was wrong. So I had to find out what that was and retype it and give it back to the wizard. And now we're talking about quantum computing and uh, you know all, yeah. and all that kind of crazy and it's, stuff. And it's yeah. fast, right? Yeah. Imagine it's but like it's super you know, fast. Another funny story on this one, same line. I went to University of Buffalo, 1970, took a same computer kind of course. Then I started, came back here at Ordinary Air Force Base, trying to implement a more better means of reliability. And one of my tasks was to get a CMMS system okay, or get a reliability program going. So everybody in the company, this oh, there was an IT guy, he wanted him to go to come. All I'm in a mainframe system. Yeah. And boy, oh. I said, there was a problem going to mainframe because you cannot get anything done. Right. You have to go through IT. And I was looking at computer based, that time CMMS just came out with a PC based. So I want to go to PC, IBM, and right. boy, that was a challenge to getting our IT guys, my this manager or IT, to convince that, hey, let me go to PC based system. I said, no, no, but I wanted to go, I have to go to all the way to my general manager to get a permission to get a PC. We got two IBM PC that time to get a PC-based CMMS system in the place. But that was a challenge, how things have changed from mainframe to PC, and now we do everything on the telephone. You know? So yes, technology is going to help See, this is what's really interesting, and because you've, you've had such a tremendous uh, career in the world of asset management reliability, and, and it's, it's, it's brilliant, don't get me wrong. I, I, but, but you had to, from your professional perspective, constantly look at new innovations. You're constantly seeking and, and pursuing other areas that allow uh, better management of assets, greater insights, whatever it might be. You're just constantly looking at it. Given what you know today, given your history, where are you seeing it going? I mean, if I, if I had a nickel every time somebody says, hey, Scott, uh, it's all about data collection. Great, that's fine. But what what do you do with it, Klaus? Where do you sort of put your future hat on? What do you, what are we talking well, about? Well, now? I think I think you know you know AI is here to stay. You know you know virtual reality is going to get better. Machine learning is getting getting AR, more practical. AR, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. I, I think there's a need for more regulation. I think uh, surveys I've seen. It's kind of 50-50. People are for it and against it. That's going a little bit too fast because they worry about, uh, you know, cybersecurity. Oh, yeah. Where's my data going? You know, people are out there to make money, not to kind of watch our data. You know, so uh, um, you know, so there's those kind of concerns. But at the same time, it's exciting. Uh, we know it can do a lot of things better and faster. I mean, I mean uh, you know, right now it's you know the chat GBTs in the baby phases. <laughs> right now, isn't that something? Yeah, yeah I mean, it's it's learning. Uh, it's a uh, you know, we tested a little bit. It's, it's good at some things and it's working pretty good. Other things, it's not that good at because again, it's it's a baby, right? Still, it's it's learning. Yeah. Uh, calculations and reliability it makes a lot of mistakes. It's not there yet, you know. So you you have to know how to use it, but over time. You know, it will get better. It will get better. Just, just like a person growing up. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there are some moral concerns associated with AI. Uh, quite frankly, I use it. Yeah, I use it. I, I, are you familiar with Bard? 
I've heard of it. No, yeah. I'm not familiar with it. Yeah. It's it, it's it's a similar. It's the same yeah. thing. I use Bard. I use ChatGPT. Yeah. All of that. In stuff. Another ten years, we'll say, is that really you, Scott, or is that your digital twin? Let me reach out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, they, they, they can mimic. There's there's an ability to accurately mimic the voice of individuals. Yes. That just blows me away. But then back to from a reliability or uh, asset management perspective, and everybody's talking about data and uh, analysis and being able to pull the data off of it and be able to take some, uh, pull the analytics, right? And then be able to make tactical or whatever decisions associated with it. That is a incredible use case for Mesh for AI. That's right. I mean, we need a, again, this is a lot going back to CMMS system kind of thing. We wanted a, we input the data but we want information out so we can make a better decisions. That, but most many times CMMS system have not done that. I think with the help of AI, we should be able to get the data faster, information out faster, so we can make a better, better decisions, which are very very important. Uh, you were talking earlier about artificial intelligence, yep. the, this uh, ChatGPT, all these kind yep. of things great technology we needed to make us do a more efficient and better job but we have to be cautious application of those in the field we have to be careful how we going to implement those we have to make sure our people are ready to use that technology you know a few years ago i was at one conference and we had people all sitting and talking about AI smart sensors and those kind of things. Yes, we need them, but we have to make sure they are reliable also. There are some issues there. Secure. Security. Uh-huh. All, so there are some issues with all technology. So we cannot just say, hey, that's great, this supply. Yes, we have to be cautious. We have to prepare our people as well as our systems so it can take care. But here's the, here's the challenge to your point, uh, Ramesh, is that there seems to be a, a different rate, a speed. Here's technology, and technology's traveling at 100 miles an hour, and here's uh, the, the adoption of the people that are going to use it, and we're traveling at... 40 miles per hour. And so it's just, the gap keeps on getting larger and larger. And Klaus, what I see is that technology is passing up our ability to be able to right. sort of with adopt the, it. Yeah. With the incoming data, the you know practical tools haven't kept up to help us make the right decisions on the plant floor. And then bigger uh, surveys and studies like from the National Skills Coalition, which represents all kinds of industries, say a third of the people that actually have to manage and supervise people that need moderate to complex computer skills don't even have those skills. <laughs> you know, that, that's how scary it is. Yeah, yeah see, I, 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 I see it, I, I sense it, but it's happening. Yep. But then to your point, Ramesh, what do we do? How do we, how do we sort of levelize that, that learning and, and the speed of technology and the adoption to, to extract the, well, the value out of that? Well, we have to start working with our kids, schools. You know, huh. think about, you know, hey, we have to start to teaching. <laughs> <laughs> think about STEM program, you know. Yeah. How many people are going to engineering science and math and this? And that's the area we have to work on. In fact, uh, our company, we did it locally. We are going to high school, helping them, those guys. Hey, just not just a computer, there's some other 
technology we have to learn, we have to teach them our kids in the high school and, and beyond. Even in our engineering college, we have to teach them reliability, we don't teach them. And luckily, a UT has done a good job. Yes. You know, so that's the kind of thing we have to start teaching people, hey, what we need in the plant area, in the field, what kind of technology, how we can change technology to be more apply this application of that technology in the field easily. See, that, that shifts the conversation over to education, and Klaus is definitely has the street cred there. This is my concern. The concern is, you know, UT has, they're, they're just absolutely wonderful to be able to have you. They, they, there is. But do you see that uh, tenure professors in this, in this world, can they keep up with it? Because you're just, you're, you you are uniquely positioned. It's just laid out there. And because you've been in it. My concern is that traditional education is not nimble enough to be able to deal with some of this. Yeah, I, I think um, you know uh, more more people are starting to get it. It's not as fast as I, I'd like. You know, I mean, oh, across the U.S. You know, and I'm just talking about UT here. And I think by um, maybe survival instincts, that may even grow uh, for all across. Because as we go forward, Colleges are starting to shrink in enrollment. UT is still increasing, so it's, that's a good thing. But if you look at colleges, uh, the number of kids going to school, because people are just having less kids, that's going to shrink. So there's going to be more outreach to industry. And there's going to be more outreach to industry. And with the demand and shortages of people, people are upskilling more and so on. So I, so I think automatically it's going to drive that more. And people are starting to understand uh, you know, more of the benefits of reliability and maintainability, you know, even though it's taken a long time. You know, it would have been nice to have that 20 yep. years ago already, but I, but I think it's starting to take hold. You know, so. Yeah, but don't you think that there's a timing for everything? And I think that uh, yep. today, in, in in my conversations, the technology is there yes. to be able to sort of really take that next step, that that step forward of being able next level, you know, asset management, reliability, focus. And I and I I have to say just because. It's a necessity for survival for many of these companies. I can't find people, so I have to figure out how to optimize the use of my asset. Is that right? That's right. I mean, that's a need. How, what we teach in our colleges is not what we need at the platform. We yes. teach a lot of theory there, which is required, but we don't have a practical application of the technology how we use the plant area. Yeah. I mean, think about how these programmer certifications, CMRP, CRL, all these certifications, yeah, yeah. how that started? Because we didn't have people with the proper skill set, so we wanted to get people educated and assess their knowledge by these certifications so that we know that they have qualification, they have proper skill set. That's how all these certifications started. And I think one of the things I did was went to local colleges as the deans talk to them hey why did you start a reliability program so because that's what we need people do best practices or these kind of things and they said yeah we want to do it but we cannot add more co courses we cannot add more classes huh. luckily I know Klaus has done a good job over there. He was able to justify getting classes there but other colleges they say it costs too much People don't want to pay that much. So, in fact, they are cutting back on the course 
courses. That's uh, not the right direction. That's not the right direction. No, that's not but the right direction. But it costs too much, and that's what they're trying to do is, hey, we cannot add, so they are doing a more a specialized classes sometime, some courses, and this certification came along to make sure people who are going to the plant area are skilled people, you know, and that's where certifications are set. Yeah, and, then, and then much of the challenge uh, isn't the technology, it's the implementation. Yeah. And then nobody teaches that. I mean, yeah. Couple, yeah. You know, 70% or more of the failures are implementation yeah. focused on getting it out there, yeah. and it has nothing to do with the technology. Yeah. 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 It, it, to your point, I mean, technology is the technology, and I think that that it, it, it always gets down to the human equation, and that's the implementation of it. Klaus, you're uniquely positioned just because you're teaching at uh, UT. What are some of the, uh, the future leaders talking about? What, what gets them excited? Well, I, I, I think um, a couple of things. I mean, maybe you can talk a bit about the Industry 4.0, 5.0, yeah. how, how that all relates. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, I know, I, I know. It's great. Well, people are talking about. It. I know. Buckle in. All right, here all right, we go. All right, four and a half. No. <laughs> but, but you know, industry 4.0. I mean, that's all the stuff we're talking about today with all the digital, the cloud, yeah, yeah. the AI, all, all that, and, and you know, and, and what it's touting and moving towards. It's a different vision for everybody. It's, there's an, an exact model, uh, but but it's really connectivity, like what this this current conference is all about. Uh, it, it's about getting uh, better data to the plant, plant floor and getting better data so people can make decisions. Yeah. And and I wanted to talk about kind of and so all that's industry 4.0 and they call it a, a revolution. You know, industrial revolution, fourth industrial revolution. Well, heck, it's been going on since before 2010. You know, yeah. with with pieces of that. Uh, but but now the industry 5.0, uh, in kind of the simple version in my mind, how it differentiates. It looks at being more resilient, like. To be able to recover with like what happened with COVID and so on. Are we more resilient? Are we agile? Are we stable, not just lean? You know, and so on. So that's resiliency. Uh, the, the other thing uh, gets more uh, into sustainability and what's the long-term yeah. decisions that are correct. And that includes planet-friendly, includes resources, everything. And the third part of that is being more human-centric. And by that I mean not just giving data to people, but but how how do you take the data and the knowledge and get it to people? So they can use their smarts, their ingenuity, their creativity to make better decisions, not just give them more data, but how does it enhance that? And that kind of follows up with the keynote, you know, from this conference here. Yeah. How, do, how do we work on the ingenuity of the people to make those good decisions? And, that, and that's what I mean by human-centric, not just having the people involved. It, it, it must be, it would, it would be enjoyable for me to be able to talk to uh, young professionals who are passionate about you know the, the reliability profession, and then be able to uh, see how they look at it. They they see it. Sometimes I find that me older, I get in, in sort of a trench, and I only think of it a certain way until somebody says, "Hey, Scott, what about this?" That's the excitement. That's what you and 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 you as well, Ramesh, just deal with on it. Has anybody really sort of talked about the the implementation of like? Um, like a augmented reality type of uh, solution from a reliability perspective. We talked about virtual, got it. They, of course, they're bantering digital twin, but what about sort of that that uh, augmented type of solution? Well, I'm glad you talked about this thing because recently when I teach my classes at University of Wisconsin, Tennessee, yep. Yep. Mississippi State, I see a lot of my students are young students. They are coming in, which is a really great thing, and which I trend has started coming. 
and those kids are much faster in learning new technology okay and they pick up so quick and unbelievable you know so i think good things are going to happen because young kids are started coming to meet celebrity field and they are exciting and they can do you know in fact what we did we selected a couple of young guys kids and gave them in predictive technology in area boy they really blooming up over there they are doing great job so yes the new technology augmented uh, augmented reality, reality. <laughs> all these things are coming and it's going to take place but again we have to be cautious and teach get our people prepared for this new technology yeah it always fascinates me when it's like uh, why do i have to do it that way yeah. what why why can't i just do it on my i can do it on my phone yeah it's right there why and and that to me is it's a great question why yeah maybe a good uh, follow-up example is i know one of our companies um that we work with um that they do uh, virtual reality uh, to learn welding you say well, how can you learn welding virtual reality oh. And then they still do the hands-on, but a much less percentage, and they can train in about half the time, and it's just as good. So that's a benefit. So I digress. Here I digress. Uh, Oak Ridge, Tennessee, they have a, a, a virtual reality training simulator for first responders. So the same thing. It's, it's not decks and decks and decks and decks of slides. It's actually being able to be in the environment that they are familiar with, learn, and the learning yep. and the, the the retention is so much greater. It's, 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 it's like, you know, when you're hearing people talk about it, and, and, the, and it's just, again, to your point, Klaus, we're just at the tip, just at the tip of it, that, yeah. you know. And as Ramesh said, you know, the students are great because I think the technologies are also bringing more younger people to yes. reliability yes. and maintainability. So, so that's a good connect. And what we do with our, we have, we have a training center, uh, um, we have a pseudo factory at the university that we put together. And what we do is we use senior design project students to do all the continuous improvement. So, so we always get uh, 10, 15 students and the last two semesters, uh, they stay with us and half of design has an implementation of what we need to get done. And so it also, so again, they're, they're going to industry learning technologies, knowing that. And I'm a big supporter of internships. Uh, we, you know, we, yes. we put interns in half the United States, and I think everybody should be doing that every university. Well, technology is great. We need it. However, I want to insist you have to prepare people. Yeah. You have to have a right culture. The implementation is a key thing. You know, hey, yeah. implementation, as Klaus said earlier, we know 60-70% project fail because we don't have a right culture. Yeah. Culture is important. That's an awful, that's an awful stat, yeah. by the way, just FYI. I would, that would frustrate the heck out of me, right? <laughs> Good thing I don't do it. Uh, Ramesh, how do people get a hold of you? You, you buzz around, you're buzzy buzzy. What, what, how do people get a hold of you? Do hey. you get on? I don't know how to get a hold of you. <laughs> Ramesh.gulati at reliabilityx.com or LinkedIn, I'm LinkedIn also. You don't, you don't shadow ban me, do you? Yeah, no, I don't do that much. <laughs> I'm low tech guy, but still, I get on once or twice a week on LinkedIn. <laughs> I'll try to. Get... <laughs> oh, whatever. Klaus, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, easy. Uh, um, I'm on LinkedIn or uh, K B L A C H E, first initial last name at U T K 
Edu. All right, we're going to have all the contact information for these two gents. Yes, it is a must reach out. If you are in the reliability world, if you're in the asset management world, if you're into any of that, if you're interested in just learning, you got to reach out to these two gents. A must connect. All right, we are once again broadcasting from Accruent Insights here in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, put this on your calendar for next year. Must attend. All right, we're going to wrap it up on the other side. Stay tuned. We will be right back. You're listening to the Industrial Talk Podcast Network. Without a doubt, your call to action is clear. It is crystal clear. You need to reach out to both Ramesh and Klaus because if you're in the world of asset management, reliability, and you need to talk to a couple of individuals, pros in that field, those two are at the top of the list. So don't hesitate. All the contact information will be out in Industrial Talk. So no excuses. Reach out to them. And, and they're published. They, they've forgot more in that conversation than I'll ever, you know, learn. They are absolutely spectacular. We go back many years anyway, by the way. They're great, great, great individuals. All right. We were broadcasting on site. That was Accruance Insights. And uh, that was a must-attend event. Put that on your calendar. Wonderful, wonderful energy. Wonderful stuff happening there. Be bold. Be brave. Dare greatly. Hang out with those two. You will be changing the world. We're going to have another great conversation shortly from the event, so stay tuned.